Hello everyone, I'm just Sterling and this is Pod Position. Um, I'm, I'm joined by Laura, hello. Hello, I'm here. Jim's a little bit out of it today. He's ill, he feels like he might be drunk, possibly. I'm not, it's, I'm it's not a, drunk. It's a fun I, day. I, I'm, I'm not drunk. No, I feel, I feel like I should be drunk. <laughs> But I'm not. That show starting burn was was definitely of a lower standard than usual, Jim. You're going to have to hit me twice as hard next week. I'm going to have to. I'm pretty sure you've previously done infection and it's been like worse kinds of infection today. It's just. uh, It was. I had to get it out of the way because I I don't know. I could pass out at any time. So I've just got a remind Gavin that he's got a festering wound. That's. That's fine. Before I'll I'll, um, I'll come up with something better. Um, Gavin, you really ought to get that looked at. I think you might have leprosy. There we go. Leprosy. There we go. That, that is leprosy. You know, your, your limbs might be about it's to fall off. That, it's kind of shit, but that's not my job. I'm not meant to do this bullshit. So it's I do... all right, man. If anything falls off, I've got a big roll of duct tape here. I'll be fine. <laughs> Fantastic. That's Gavin. I'll be fine, smooth skin. That's Gavin doing his award-winning ghoul impersonation. Hello, Gavin. How are you? I'm a little bit drunk because He's actually you drunk see this drunk. was this this was my logic. Um, usually, it's hard enough to get a word in with you two fuckers, <laughs> and I'm like, there's now three of you this week. So I there's said, another I'm secret just, loud fucker I'm just here this sit week. Back, I am not drunk. a loud fucker. <laughs> I am a very silent fucker. Ask my get wife. Drunk. Uh, not a peep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, G- um, Gavin's got drunk this week in order that he might have the confidence to be nice and, and loud. And you might hear the odd, you know, um, drink, feck, arse, and girls knickers, and that's that sounds good. What I love about this is that Conrad, because because I've podcasted with Conrad Zimmerman for many years, and, many years, and he is very experienced with me and Jonathan Holmes and, and other people over the years talking over him. Uh, but within a minute of the show, he's talking over Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a there's a pecking order thing, you know. It's Conrad, like the chickens I, I in the yard. I congratulate you. I congratulate you on how quickly you fit in. Well, you find you find the weakest chicken, the weak the chicken that's weaker than you, and you just peck the fuck out of it until it's dead to assert exactly. some level of dominance. You're gonna to get to a, hit, sure. To come onto a to come onto a show like this, you have to establish your dominance early on, and I think that you have successfully done that. You've come in, taken a shit in the middle of the room, and be like, "Fucking hell, what? I'm look, here." What? Pay you don't like that? To me. All you don't I'm like that shit? Don't don't be surprised if you're having really good chats this week, and all you hear from me is arse drink. Oh, right. What's going on, even today? There's actually been a lot of big news. Mm. Yeah, a load of fucking E3 stuff leaked What's this the week point that of wasn't there meant to be. E3? Yeah, yeah, a lot like... of stuff leaked. Quotation marks stuff leaked. leaked. Is everyone yes. making air quotes around leaked? <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it leaked and some of it was deliberately put out early. And I keep looking at this being like, the stuff that got put out deliberately early. Why did you do that? Are you that confident about your E3 conferences that you can afford to be like, yeah, his, you know, his Dark Souls three, it exists. Meh. I think it's internet culture just just creeping in. Like everything's got to be earlier and earlier, more and more exposed, more and more access, to the point where like they they everyone's racing to come out ahead of the pack. Uh, there will be I, I doubt that E three will be a basically extrapolations of the news we've already seen because everyone's well, competing for headlines before E3 even starts. Yeah, we, we know that we've already had like the Fallout 4 is definitely going to be at the show. We've seen three and a half minutes of in-engine footage of it already. It's like 
so much, so much ahead of E3 this year. Actually, um, I, you said, oh. you know, oh, they have must have a lot of confidence in what they're showing at E3. I think that may actually be the reverse is the case. They don't have as much confidence necessarily that their thing is going to, like, stand out in the crowd above all the other noise and bullshit at the show to really get the maximum benefit from their announcement. Well, so by in, getting out early where there is less competition, they can I, be a bigger deal. I agree with you in some regards. Fallout 4, them making the choice to put three and a half minutes of footage out before E3, that's the one that I look at and I'm like, yeah, I you didn't need to do that because like that could have been, that's what everyone expected your show closer to be. You are the first conference of the of the show. You end with three and a half minutes of narrative and in-engine footage yeah. and get like, ah, and then everyone goes out on a high. If they show that early, that's I'm still thinking about Bethesda. What the fuck are you going to close your show with now? Um, with Bethesda, I really do think that that one is a, a clear case of confidence because I think what they what they've done mm. basically is this is their very first E3 conference. They needed mm. to give people a reason to watch it, and they you may think yeah. well announcing Fallout Four right now gives us no reason, but what they really did was issue that trailer for Fallout Four was as much a trailer for their E3 conference as it was for the game itself. Mm. It's basically it, it saying, was throwing yeah. a gauntlet yeah. down. Yeah, really. it's like exactly because yeah. everyone, how we everyone start. knows Fallout's coming now, so they're going to be watching it and they're. Yeah. While they're waiting for it, they're going to see Dishonored, they're going to see Doom, they're going to yeah. see... They were basically saying, like, this is our opening gambit, wait till you see our closer. Mm. Well, that's my question still. What the fuck are they planning to close with? Like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> do they maybe open with the Fallout 4 gameplay because they know yeah. what, that's think, what everyone's coming I for? Or do they leave that Doom. to the... I think they'll close I, with Doom. I hope they don't close with Doom because that's going to feel like a real letdown to me because... Doom got shown off a year and a half ago, and mm-hmm. they won't still let any of us fuckers well, see it. Has, and has, has like, Dishonored two been officially uh, announced? It hasn't, but it's like it's as good as confirmed. It's going to happen. Maybe that. I mean, what else do they I, publish? The 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 only thing I'm thinking is just like if they're willing to let go of the show closer that that Fallout Four trailer would have been. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do they maybe have a new IP to show? Maybe it'll be Prey Two. Something we don't know about. I'd love to see some uh, more Prey Two. Mm. Prey 2 would be pretty pretty nice But yeah, can we talk about the big Real right. um, yeah. best, best thing tell, of E3 That's like e- Nintendo and Is this going to be about fucking E3. Amiibos or something? No, it's not going to no, be no, about no, Amiibos no, no, no. It's going to be about um, Hyrule Warriors Which is your other favourite subject, Gavin uh, <laughs> right, I tell Hyrule you what, Warriors right? is coming to the So Gavin, how are you doing? The, I'm good, good Conrad. How are you? Going, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you for asking. Jim, 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 we need to overthrow <laughs> them. Yeah, this is this, I'm not chat. having this. This is insubordination. <laughs> I've got yeah. to talk about the biggest leak of E3. It was in my pants. Warriors. And it was because of Hyrule Warriors being on 3D. I'm ignoring everything that you're saying, Gavin. Um, <laughs> well, that's fine. I can edit the two of them that's out. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> them separate tracks. I can Damn edit it. them out if they try and stop us. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Hey, Conrad, come on. We go do our own podcast. <laughs> So anyway, Jim, Hyrule yes. Warriors. You can be a boat in it. That 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 wins. That wins the game. You can of you everything. can be the little girl pirate princess. You can be the little girl pirate princess. I mean, I and Wind Waker character is awesome. You can be the king yeah, of Hyrule you, who turns into a fucking boat, and then you hit people. You can with your boat you can body. do you can do something where an arrow comes from your 3ds and into your Wii U, but we don't know what that is because we don't speak fucking Japanese. Yeah, some people. Assu- I, I believe the, the the suggestion on NeoGaf is that. Uh, the Wind Waker characters can be unlocked in the Wii U version if you buy the 3DS version, and it's mm. unclear. Speaking of Japanese, did you guys see my uh, Twitter joke today? That was the best Twitter joke I have ever seen. 
What was your Twitter joke? Oh, Gavin, I was, I'm glad you... I forgot I wanted you to do it on this show. Please, please do it again, because it's brilliant. Okay, do you want me to read it out for you? Do the whole thing, it's okay. fantastic. So, what do Geralt of Rivia and Konami have in common? What? They both spend all their time in search of Yen and are great at killing things. <laughs> I, that was my favourite burn of possibly ever. Um, because it was about oh, Konami God. and it had the word fuck in it. I oh, know yeah. it didn't have fuck in it, did it? You said killing. Because no. in my mind I keep killing. remembering it as they, they're really good at fucking things. Fucking Which, and killing is kind of the same thing. It works either way, yeah. really, with them. They're, they're, they're both really good at fucking and killing. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, anyway, Hyrule Warriors, that's the fucking awesome thing. Uh, basically, Tecmokoe put up an unlisted trailer that someone who had the link shared the link, and suddenly we had it, and then it got set to private, but because it's the fucking internet, I downloaded the trailer and I've uploaded it to YouTube you slash Laura K. Buzz, because that's what you fucking do. So if Man, you want to go see Hyrule Warriors journal, 3DS, journal, go game there, journalism a is a dirty business, isn't it? That is, <laughs> it is yeah, that's some <laughs> underhanded shit. That is some dirty business, Lauren. It is, but you know, I t- found it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of promotional material. It belongs I felt to the internet now. It, yeah, exactly. I felt that, you know, it's going to be discussed. P- the news is out there. I might as well give people the full context for the information and back up my sources with my story. So I can guarantee two of the three other people in this conversation have been there and made exactly the same choice. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is that moment. Like I was trying to do an equal shady thing when um basically the when the fallout 4 timer was going on um for about six minutes the fallout 4 website went up early which meant that we could see where the link was to the private video and like it then went back down and i did spend an hour and a half trying my very very best to use this link to try and download the footage and try and get the trailer before it was up so i could upload it first it's like it's like if you're not doing that then you know you're being expected to play along and be part of the marketing business and you're not exactly you're not not beholden to them Exactly, and since I've gone on Patreon, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I've got a bit of wiggle room to decide, like, hey, do do I want to piss off a publisher? Then fine, I'll do some fucking journalism. <laughs> so that that was my journalism today. I put up a trailer that can, Tecmoco we don't want you to see. Yeah, cat's well and truly out the bag. I don't know why. You're all horrible people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what do we want to talk about this week? What else happened? Uh, what did we want to talk about this week? There were uh, lots, lots and yeah, lots we, of stuff. Yeah, we kind of jumped over the thing. Dark Souls 3 is officially, like, a thing now. You Yay. know what? This I was guess. announced at the worst time. Because it was so... It, I mean, it's fucking great and everything. But, like, there was so much other amazing stuff being announced and things. It was just kind of faded into the background. Yeah, it's very weird that we've had a week where the idea that Dark Souls 3 got announced wouldn't be the thing that we started the show with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. still I'm still cleaning my walls and my desk after the Fallout 4 trailer. I mean, I can't, you know... I'm out I mean, of tissues, man. I have to go back to Dunn stores to get more uh, for Dark Souls. No, I just... I can't. I can't. I just so don't have that much loose change around the house. Like At the same time... I mean, who's the audience for a Dark Souls game, right? I mean, it's going to be the people who bought other Dark Souls games, and you know they're going to buy it. 
right? Yeah. I mean, so maybe you don't have to make a really big deal about it because you've got mm-hmm. a pretty dedicated audience in place that you can expect mm-hmm. is going to be in it. And, you know, the purpose of doing that kind of marketing is to, you know, make them aware and they can build some excitement. But how much expectation is there for newcomers into it? at this point Mm. too because everybody knows what Dark Souls is and if you don't like that you're not going to change your mind all of a sudden for Dark Souls And if you like it you're probably not going to change your mind the other way Right. There are a couple of differentiating (laughs) factors though and one of them is that apparently Miyazaki has done this one which makes it a big difference because most people were disappointed with Dark Souls 2 in certain ways and most of the fans attribute that to him not designing it yeah, but they still would have bought Dark Souls 3 because they weren't that upset with Dark Souls 2. Oh, yeah, no, but, you know, things, you know. <laughs> hey, Conrad, are you a Dark Souls fan? You know, I I think I gave the first Dark Souls one of the lowest scoring reviews it got. Really? <laughs> because it felt so aimless. And I get that that's part of the allure of it, but I, I like to have something that resembles a clear goal. And so, and, so and, basically, and, what you're saying is you need to get good. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, I love Bloodborne though. So you know, I mean, it's not that yeah, that type yeah. of gameplay is is something that I don't like. I just there were things about Dark Souls that I, I kind of had problems with, uh, especially mm. in the context of coming after Demon Souls. But I do really like the games. Did and you? I I would play three probably. I didn't did you play find? Two at all, so. Did you find, and well, I found my biggest issue with Dark Souls 1 was not how it didn't give you direction on where to go, but how bad it was at explaining its systems and mechanics. Did you find oh, the same yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's very much a game that kind of expects people to sort it out amongst yeah. themselves and, yeah. um, and, and collaborate to sort of unlock all of its mysteries. And there's a, mm. there is a great amount of pleasure to be found from that, and I certainly wouldn't mm. want to deny anybody that experience if that's what they want, but I kind of really fucking hate that. Yeah, I don't I, feel I like I should you. have to be dependent on other people to enjoy my game. I agree with you 100% on that one. Dark Souls was very bad at explaining how it worked. Yeah. But, uh, Bloodborne, Bloodborne really fixed found a that, lot of that. It I think. found that great balance between giving you yeah. plenty to find out for yourself while not leaving you completely stranded. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saw, getting I a lot of blood. Of that. Sorry. Oh no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm finding what, that really to be the case. Yeah, no, I'm just going to plow right the fuck over Gavin on this. I, uh, well, that's one of the things I found really great about Bloodborne, which I still haven't finished. I still have like a whole region of of the map I haven't been to, and and you know, I haven't played in a month. But I love the fact that like it would have descriptions about items that were clear and explained what they did in a way that wasn't a statistical you know approach <laughs> yet still I, I knew what the fuck it did when I had yeah. it and the, for the things that I didn't necessarily know what they, what they did like that you know seed that you used to get into the place there was still enough instruction given to me that I was able to figure it out without too much difficulty it, it didn't, didn't it didn't yeah. require it didn't quite so much searching the internet and faqs you could get through it with a little less of that um i i didn't i never did you never did well good for you no Yay. i like i found a map i found a map mm. a, a, somebody made it was an image a top down that said mm. these are the areas and that is the most internet reference I've done for Bloodborne. I feel amazing. Yeah. My big takeaway from all of this was um, the, the bit of promotional art that IGN seemed to get their hands on said that this is coming out in early 2016 is the launch window. And this kind of confirms something that we were talking about on the podcast, which is 
annualized Souls games? Is that where they're going with this? Are we going to get a Dark Souls alternating with a Bloodborne every year? I hope not. I, I don't because want it, that. it's like, going to make the quality is going to dip. Uh huh. Yeah. Like I want. I want those games to feel like events. You know. Like like Demon Souls yeah. was a Demon Souls was a fucking revelation. Demon Souls came just seemed to come out of left field. Uh, for me, Demon Souls was a goddamn revelation. Um, Dark Souls came out and it was this huge hurrah. Um, Dark Souls Two, I never quite got, but Bloodborne, of course, was this huge, massive event. Uh, and, and the idea of it going the same way Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty have gone, where, I mean, I'm not even that excited about Batman Arkham Knight. There have been so many Arkham games now. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it, but I'm not, I'm not giddy with anticipation like I was for Arkham City, you know. And I, I don't want that to happen to me with the Souls games. I understand there's money in that Agreed. kind of behaviour, but yeah, because Dark Souls Two only fucking came out yesterday. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and and I mean, give us time to get excited. Yeah, look look how look how giddy and thrilled everyone is about Fallout Four right now. Do you know why that is? It's because fucking they restrain themselves, Bethesda, when it comes to their games. They don't just squirt out a new Fallout or a new Elder Scrolls a year, and those things are more special as a result. Yeah, they're like, hey, here's that game that you you've known's coming for about five years. Here is three and a half minutes of footage. It's going to be out in like six months. That's how you well, get people excited. Yeah, it's the difference between, oh, it's another X, or, oh, it's another X. Like, yeah. there's that mm. difference in, you're going to have the same sentiment, you know, the same words are going to come out, but you don't want it to fall into that latter category through repetition. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like, this is the thing, Black Ops 3 this year, might w it could come out and be the best Call of Duty ever made, and no one would give a fuck. You know? Well, all the Call of Duty heads will give a fuck, but... You know. Um, no, I mean, Even like, you're talking to someone here who was huge into the Call of Duty community on YouTube and everything for a couple of years, and they've all just completely, the interest has waned yeah. because of diminishing I mean, returns. I mean, the Call of Duty crowd is so big that it'll take a long time for it to drop, but as as far yeah. as I remember, it, it has been dropping, and they, it will eventually mm. go the Guitar Hero it's, route. Like it each, has been, each game still yeah. sells a shitload, but the maintained... Uh, interest in it throughout the year on the internet just drops off way quicker nowadays. Yeah. Anyway, we have a couple of other bits of like E3 stuff that seem to have leaked. Um, these are smaller bits of news. Um, the Guardian has it on good authority that The Last Guardian's going to be at E3 this year. I'm still not buying it, but apparently Keith Stewart has it on good authority. So what, they've only got one journalist left and they're sending them to E3? What? What does this mean? <laughs> Goodness, yeah, so many Guardian jokes I've seen made on that, but yeah, they're saying that they have it on good authority. I don't fucking believe them, but you know, no. I'm holding out you hope. You know what? I don't, I don't care anymore. Like, I, I <laughs> honestly, I don't give a fuck well, about the Last Guardian anymore. Here's here's the thing. I went back and I replayed Shadow of the Colossus recently, and I was like, you know what? This game's fucking fucking awesome, and I really want mm. another one. As, as is and I then could. I, st I, I got my heart went down the down the rabbit hole again and I was like fuck it I want I want you know what Last actually Guardian. happened with The Last Guardian they had the game what finished yeah. they had the game finished and then they released that trailer and the entire internet predicted oh well the dog thing's gonna die and they're like fuck we have to start home. <laughs> that's what happened Oh god! Um, I think the only other bit of E3 like stuff that leaked this week was that um, Mirror's Edge Two isn't Mirror's Edge Two; it's Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Ooh. It isn't a sequel. Oh. That was a very strange wording, wasn't it? 
yeah, it's uh, who quite knows with it, but mm. yeah, it's now just like faith is going to be the catalyst for change in the world. Uh. Faith is going to be the catalyst that inspires the new male protagonist to be angry when she dies because she's his wife. <laughs> Well done, Jim. Well done. <laughs> you know it could happen. Yeah. It, uh, you know it's going to happen. <laughs> I'll be um, so annoyed if you know that girl who's in um, Assassin's... What's the new Assassin's Creed called? Syndicate. If she dies as part of his character development, I'll be so fucking pissed off. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I still think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. We'll see, though. Um... The, the only other thing is Nintendo's doing a Smash Brothers Direct about three days before their actual Nintendo Direct, which is like, well, maybe they're confident in their show, and maybe they are just being Nintendo and doing stuff for no reason. Maybe they're going to announce Inklings in uh, the Smash Brothers That's what I want to see. I, I would like to see that. To see that. I, I want to see, see Shovel Knight announced. That's that what I want to see fun. announced on Sunday. I want to get off my plane to E3 and find out that while I was on the plane, they announced Shovel Knight for for Smash Brothers. That I'd be happy about. So, yeah. Wait, that's, so, that's, yes, you're going. You're actually going to be there. You're going to be at the show. Yeah, I'm going to be at E3. Woo! I'm going to be in America. Oh which is man! Like fucking I hell! Love, I love when people are going on their first E3 trip. Like that's the best. <laughs> Because it's one of those gaming journalism career milestones, mm. you know, one of one of those points where you can look at it and say they are never going to enjoy their work as much as this ever again. Like yeah. their happiness that. in this business is, on a, I mean, it's down from here on out. Yeah, I'm I don't well know, aware man. that Twitter, this is... Twitter during E3 is pretty much peak happiness Twi- for gaming. Twitter, E3 Twitter <laughs> is my favourite Twitter. Yeah, because it's just snark yeah. and bullshit for a week. It is just it is just a week of like, oh, man, this thing was shit. <laughs> that's why I and love it's, it so it's amazing much. to that's watch. That's why it's um, great, though, because certain people, <laughs> and in particular certain people in this conversation, point out how shit things are in a very funny way. <laughs> oh, thanks, Gareth. That's really nice to say. So, yeah, and, this uh, is even mean... even like those Matt Lee's videos that come out mm. a short time after it are fucking amazing as well. Yeah. You know the the abridged versions. Yeah, it's mm. it's also fun to follow E three NeoGaf as well because they lose their shit over everything, and just the yeah. smallest stir of the puck creates a shit storm. <laughs> it's incredible to watch E three Gaff yeah. in action. I, I am looking forward to E3 and I'm also dreading it. It's it's one of those weird things where this is like, because this is my first um, year sort of working full-time in the games industry, it's the first time where I've had enough money that I can justify like, hey, this is a work thing. I can get like, make some money out of doing it and that I can justify flying out for E3. But yeah, it's the first year that I've like been in enough of a position that I can really go. And like, th- I think the year that I realized what E3 was and that I was like, oh my God, this is the thing I have to go to was it was the year that um, that Twilight Princess was shown off, first shown off at the, the Nintendo conference. And I bought a magazine for with my paper round money that had a DVD in it that I had to play on the main computer in the kitchen because that's the only one we had with a DVD player. And I just remember watching this room full of people erupt as a new Zelda was announced. I was like, ah, that's the thing. I have to go to the thing. And now with it looming, I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be amazing. And I'm going to meet all these American people that I've worked with and haven't had a chance to meet. And 
all that I'm getting is people saying, no, this will ruin the games industry for you. You're going to fucking hate your job after this. It's going to be the worst week of your life. Fuck you. You're going to hate games. You're just feeding me with your sweet, sweet optimism. Like it is, It's just, I can feel it gathering in my belly. It is so delicious. I'm sorry, but anyone left after last year clearly will never hate the game industry. Yeah, I've, I, I've been doing this full time for like eight months now, and I still somehow am optimistic and like happy oh, about no, video you games. Can, no, you so, can last yeah, this years. Is... You can go years still being positive about it. And, I mean, hell, you have to. <laughs> like, to a certain extent, remain positive about it always. Because if you don't, then th- this bullshit, just forget it. There's no <laughs> point. None. Laura, I love your positivity, and I'm with you 100% on it. Oh, no, yes, I'm... I love it. I do yeah. love it, because it will be ground <laughs> into dust over time. So, thumbs up or thumbs down, is next week going to be the week that's the beginning of the downhill slope that inevitably ends with me hating video games? Yes, but you may not recognise that for two, three years. I mean, I'm with Conrad on this, but you've got a good good few years in you. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually, you you, you get that first milestone of, I get to go to E3, I'm excited, I'm thrilled. (coughs) Then a few years, you'll hit my milestone, which is, I don't want to do E3 anymore, it's full of dickheads. And then that's when you are truly, truly... A journalist, my friend. <laughs> Guys, I'm That's sorry, right? I'm s- but Laura survived 2014, right? Let's look at 2014. Mm. It was the worst, probably the worst fucking year I can remember for the actual games. There was so few quality games. It was the worst year for bullshit, bullshit practices in the industry. And, and it was, it was a bad enough, year for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, and everyone was fighting and there was so much negativity and everyone no was yelling at anyone. each other. Anyone yeah. who survived that year in the gaming industry, I'm sorry, can only go up from there. <laughs> no, I gotta be I, honest, I'm... it was the best possible time for me to be temporarily unemployed. I must say I completely agree with Gavin because I am right now wearing a shirt inspired by last year that just says fuck 2014 2014 was bullshit (laughs) and that is that is the hoodie I am currently wearing honestly it was a pretty shit year not only in gaming, but around the world. It was just a well, shit year. It was a terrible year all around. Yeah, it's, totally it is amazing that it's the year that this podcast started and that I made a career full-time critiquing video games, and I still think that it was a bullshit year. Honestly, I blame this podcast for Oh, it was my most successful year ever, and I, I, I think it's a bullshit year. <laughs> So, yeah, what, what do I need to brace myself for E3? Because a couple of you have been to E3 before. What, am, what, what, I, what should I be expecting next Useless week? free shit, I would imagine. Not, not as much as it used to be. That aspect of the show has really greatly diminished over the year. But you are going to get uh, several lovely USB thumb drives containing assets. Um, you know, any, nice. A lot of them are going to be under a gig. Just, just pitch those. But every once in a while, you get a four yeah. or an eight, and you can hang on to that for some future benefit. Oh, God. I've, I've kept on to one of them that I've had from a press event. It was Game City, I think. I got a 16 gig one. I was like, fuck it. That's going on my key ring. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's the, that, I mean, most of the time, you might get a t-shirt or two. Um, and I'm glad that, that a lot of that stuff has gone yeah. away. I mean, So, I'm, I'm not going to be getting a free Xbox One under my chair. I'm not saying it's impossible. That could if happen. You, if you... If you bring me home a Fallout 4 t-shirt, I'll love you forever. And I'll, see what I can, friend, I'll see what I can forever. do, Gavin. I will, I'm I'll, so, I'll see what I can I'm do. still bitter. I am still bitter that I never got the New California Republic shirt for Fallout New Vegas when they oh, had man. that you at know E3. How you, you know how you fix that problem, though? 
right? You eat so many fucking McDonald's that those t-shirts mean nothing to you. It's like, oh yeah, that's a cool shirt. I ain't ever gonna get it around my tits. And then I just stop worrying about missing out on free shirts. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that likes to collect the, collect the swag or go around and get that. Our friend Jonathan Holmes, he lives for that. Dude lives for that. I have seen him just walk up to booths, be like, "So, are you giving anything away?" Like, just- I, I have. Wow. I have the opposite problem to Jim, which is that the shirts are always male fit shirts that are only ever available in the largest uh-huh. possible sizes. And I discovered that that wasn't a problem when I realized, oh, these make really good 90s. They're really comfortable <laughs> to sleep in. So now I just ask them deliberately for the largest possible size male shirt and I just sleep in them. Mm. I don't want the stuff most of the time. <laughs> Some of these shirts, the shirts I'll just are great, saying, though. I'll just say no thanks. I, I have That's a fine. shirt from Metal Gear... Rising Revengeance that had a load of dotted lines across it saying cut here and every once like, in a while you get one that's shirt, badass but, yeah. eh, I've yet to have a badass one actually I did have one I had a Saints Row 4 t-shirt before the game was uh, publicly announced that was fun I have a uh, uh, a Aben Hawkins and the Thousand and One Spike shirt that nobody would love but me um, and, and I have a Woe Dave shirt, but I earned that. I, I, I earned that. <laughs> oh, God. God damn it. I do have one shirt that was, again, um, corruption and things going on here. We got free stuff from devs. Um, I have a shirt that is um, from a game called Kitty Powers Matchmaker, which oh, is yes. a iOS dating sim. And the shirt is just this neon pink shirt that has a picture of a drag queen on the front. And I'm just like, I love this shirt. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> I yeah, love Kitty, that Kitty, Kitty Powers, Powers thing. is amazing. She, uh, in the UK, she was doing a press tour and she was turning up at, um, at places in a huge pink limo in drag. And I was just like, oh, you're the best. Uh, so yeah, E3. <laughs> oh, and, and like, you're going you're gonna to get to go to some pretty cool parties, which, yeah. you know, I mean, I, again, the parties, like the big loud ones, I'm such an old fucking man that oh, I'm, I'm not interested <laughs> At all. Dude, you should totally, you should write for Polygon, man. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I, right. I don't want to go to a party that I can't hear people talking, because I want to go to network with the cool people. Right, and there aren't any. There aren't <laughs> any. I really, uh, I really but, hope you guys get to, you know, find a nice dark corner to discuss Filipino politics in E3, but I'm going to be on Twitter going, yes! Look at this new game coming out! Woo! <laughs> ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong with that. Like the whole purpose of the show is to perpetuate hype, and I get that. I am a capitalist. Let's fucking yeah. celebrate it. I'm all in. I just don't want to be there. I'm going to let myself get bought over with it this year. I'm going to let myself get hyped wherever possible That's because it, otherwise, you know it, what? Enjoy it. Yeah. Go for it, Laura. Enjoy it while I can like, before I, I become it. a cynical fuck. Before the before the veil dropped from my eyes, I had a, a beautiful time. Um, I, ne- I never went to any of the parties myself. Almost went to the Kotaku one, but I didn't have um, my ID with me, and they wouldn't let me in. And then I believe me and Conrad actually went just just fucked it off. And yeah, then, we did. And then we spoke about I can't remember what we talked about. Ooh, speaking of, did you guys see that Kotaku are not invited to Ubisoft's conference this year? I did well. see something about that. I did. <laughs> I'd love to know the whys and wheres before I react to it because there's been nothing but speculation. Um, but and I've had I've, I've had experiences with Ubisoft press conferences where it was really questionable if they even you know knew who was coming or so yeah, it could go a lot of ways. I have heard some stuff behind the scenes from people and like I I'm not going to say anything because I don't think it's uh, it's official or public out there but. 
Yeah, seems like there's a bit of a mess going on there. It's it's a bit of a story. Their press conferences are always shit anyway. Yeah. Well, they are, but they're hosted by Aisha Tyler, who's I do a, like Aisha okay Tyler. On stage. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I prefer yeah. Coffee, her on stage. Mr. Coffee <laughs> coming back is the only thing that would ever make me regret not doing a three again. Because he is he is a magnificent stallion of a man. <laughs> Oh god! Aren't you going to regret not being there when uh, when a what is being torture pawned on stage? You're not gonna you're not gonna miss that. We're not referencing that again. People did not no, care not. for that. <laughs> <laughs> that people, was dark. People were fairly people were split on that. Some people that some people not split as it was between that. <laughs> Between that and Game of Thrones this week, I was like, there's too much darkness in, in, in my life this week. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I know, it's one of those, like, yeah, I went a bit dark I loved week. it. I loved it personally. I, some people fucking loved it. Other people were like, well, we did put in the fucking title of the episode that there would be torture porn in the episode. Yeah. It's your own fault if you didn't pick up that there would be torture porn from the title of torture porn. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, um, I just, so, I, there's one more year of the show uh, in L.A., for sure, that yeah. they're you know they're in contract with the city of LA through 2016, and I mm. kind of hope they move the show. Where where do you hope they move it to? I, I would be fine with Vegas. I think Vegas is a perfectly good place to have. Uh, Put it in E3. Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> you don't want it closer to you. You don't. You know this. I might actually turn up for a day if I could just drive. I down there. I like the idea of Vegas because again, it's it's such like a a staple thing of America that like I'll never go to Vegas unless like I'm going to E3 for work. And it's like, a that's fantastic the only time I'll convention ever to- town. Like yeah. it, they really have a, a great setup for doing conventions with all the hotels and you know there's a lot of opportunity yeah. and possibility there. It's flashy. It fits with the industry really well. But more importantly, L.A. is a terrible, terrible place that no one should live. <laughs> it I ain't have great. It's things. not one of my favorite places. No. And I will it, tell it, you. Sh- I'll tell you. The last time I was at E3, I was at a party. I don't know whose party it was. It was not <laughs> near the convention, which you wouldn't want to do things near the convention anyway, because it's not a great part of town. But this was a sketchier area of town, <laughs> and I was uh, standing outside talking to some people. And this car does a slow roll-by around the corner, and a guy pulls a gun out and points it in our, you know, grouping's general oh, direction yeah, <laughs> and starts pulling the trigger. Now, it was not loaded, otherwise this would be a much more dramatic story. Fuck. But that happened. Fuck. And we all fuck, just, fuck, fuck. I just stood there and I was like, everybody saw that, right? That just happened. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, uh... That's what I'm kind of scared of about America, because that would never happen in England. England, you might, if you were alone in a sketchy place, get a knife pulled on you, maybe. And if you hand them your money, you'll be fine. But in America, it's like, no, you could just get shot for no reason. That could happen. It could like, happen. America is a dystopian America's a dystopian wasteland, and I'm slightly terrified to, you know, go <laughs> well, on my RPG live, quest into it. We must have always lived in very different parts of Britain, because I did have the opposite reaction. At, at least going from uh, my sort of, from the Eltham <coughs> area to uh, Mississippi, where here the crime is quite functional. You know, someone steals something from you, they, they wanted to have the thing. Whereas yeah. where I lived, it was... We just felt like like cutting that kid's throat outside the newsagent. I don't know why. I, 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 I felt like setting fire to There's a difference that between crime, crime and chavvy violence. And if I were ever to leave Ireland, that would be yeah. the main reason I would. It's because in, we have that in common with Britain. 
Yeah. Well, my, my local area is very much like that if you're part of those groups. Like, they don't mess with, like, the general person, but if you're, like, oh, really? part of one of the chavvy groups that's not their chavvy group, then, yeah, you could just get stabbed because why the fuck not? But yeah. It's if different you're in not, Ireland. They'll just fucking attack anyone. If you're not aligned with someone, then, <laughs> then you're probably all right unless they want to mug you for your CD player or your... God, mm. how long has it been since c- c- CD players were a thing you got mugged for? Fuck. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't really have anything to be that concerned about. I mean, America is not... Mad Max or anything. Um, um, the, LA the, is. The news in the the news in the UK would have me believe that the entirety of America is Mad Max. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, it's equally depressing, like and hopeless and and doomed, uh, but not nearly as as violent. Uh, that's just for ratings. Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not that it's bad, but there ain't oh yeah, it's, no, it's horrible. No, you you say that it's not that bad. You say it's not that bad, comrade. You did have a gun pulled on you and the trigger pulled. Well, so, I mean, but it wasn't yeah. loaded. In a few yeah. in a few years, it will be. You know, once we finally hit that dystopia. Um, but for right now, at least well, the guns ain't loaded I, when they're. I saw on a windows. fucking news story the other day that there is now a special machine that has been created that is perfectly legal for anyone without a like any kind of checks to buy that you can you can three D print out of metal the the active piece of a gun now. So you can just yeah, the only bit of a gun that's controlled, you can just create your own now. And it's you a can brave just, new you can world. Just make a gun. They they should hold E three in Ireland in my town. Um, we we have this like awesome like rundown old cinema that's not used anymore. I think they could run E three in there and like. <laughs> If you go down the Grand Parade after midnight, you can go to Hillbillies and get, like, a breast and a bun that's amazing. If But you have to, like, have it drunk because if you have it sober, there's way too much salt. And if you go down to Supermax, like, at a certain hour and go behind the dumpsters, there's, like, live sex shows. <laughs> now, I'm assuming that a breast and a bun is um, is you saying about, like, a food that's in, like, a piece of bread and not just, like... Here's a breast, well, it, and here is here is a butt. You can get both of them over here. It depends on which staff member you talk to. Okay, well, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you go around behind the, the dumpster, that's where you find yeah, that, the Yeah, that's where you get your real about. breast and a butt. Yeah. The, the Supermax dumpsters, that's where you get your, your bun in a breast. But if you actually go inside into the Hailbilly's chipper, you get your breast in a bun. So. My question is, Laura, did, did you book your own hotel? Um, I sorted my own because at the time Thank when God. I sorted my oh. when I sorted my well here's the thing when I right, get sorted Detroit, my get your shit yeah. together no 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 let them book your let hotel me, do not let, let me explain when I sorted my E3 stuff I sorted it back in December when I was working full time in games but I wasn't yet an editor at Destructoid which meant that like because I wasn't in editorial I probably wouldn't have been worth the money to bring over so I sorted my own. I had a relative who passed away and I was like, well, I'm never going to have disposable income like this again. So flights to E3 and book my own Airbnb about five minutes away. And um, I know someone who's been to this Airbnb that I'm staying at and fucking awesome. So I've heard nothing but good That's reviews about good. it. I'm like, that is very good news because I have heard nothing but horror stories about anyone that shares hotels with any outlet. Oh, regardless, yeah. Not naming any outlets. I've heard a lot of horror stories about a lot of outlets. Let me and Conrad tell you about the Black <laughs> Widow Motel. <laughs> this was in uh, Koreatown we were staying, uh, yep. I believe, that year. And Nero had booked like three, four rooms in this rundown motel. And there were how many of us going? Oh, well, I mean... This was uh, the year that was about 13, wasn't it? Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah, because the mm-hmm. uh, one of the nights uh, of the show, I came back to the room 
And not only were, like, the beds occupied with between two and three people in this double bedroom, uh, there were people occupying the spaces between the beds, and I, I was literally in the door entryway, lying on the floor, and I mean, thank God the lights barely worked in this place, because I do not even want to think about the fluids, and, mm -hmm. and, oh, God. And there were fluids, because we could hear porn playing just out of open windows. Yep. People were just listening to, just watching porn at full volume with their windows open. It was that kind of hotel. And Bricks the, the black... were used to hold up furniture. The Black Widow Hotel was not its name. This was the name that we gave it because we discovered Black Widow. Because we found uh, Black, Black Widow... Widow spiders in it, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Again, very comfortable sleeping nice. on that floor. Yeah, uh, I, I shared a bed with a guy called Eagle Raptor. Not Ego Raptor, not the famous dude. <laughs> Eagle Raptor. Like his, like his, like, like you know, European This was how he wanted to and be was, referred to. Was he to. Eagle Raptor around you during the whole night? No, we, we were, I did oh, not know that man. I did not know that man. I, sh I spent a Aye, week man, we've in all a bed. fallen into bed with men we don't know. Well, I mean, that's true. It's no big that's deal. True, but he, he I, I didn't. I don't think I ever heard him say a word out loud, and I don't. I don't presume um, in that situation if they're not if they're not speaking. I assume they're not up for a handy. Um, and then, yeah, and then, I was the, there with this... this guy called Eagle Raptor in a bed with like four or five other people <laughs> in the Black Widow Motel. That and and I won't I won't say the name. Laura, are you having an orgasm? Yeah, no, I, 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 I think I know what you're going to say, and you really need to point out that this is a really well, you're, fucking you're sleazy way hotel. Much. Like, yeah, it's so, really important to note how fucking sleazy... This is the kind of place that... They didn't have a rate card that listed hourly rates, but I'm sure that was on offer. Yeah. Now, there was, so, there was a car parked outside the Black Widow Hotel. A very hotel. recognizable yeah. car. Beautiful car. Gorgeous. And I'm not going to tell you who the, who the name was, but it was a very sleazy motel, and this famous video game composer was in that hotel for one night only. With a car that was so expensive, there was no way he was staying in that hotel for E3. And the problem is, if you're going to pull up to a shady motel... Don't have your name on your car license plate. <laughs> because we all saw it. None of us said anything. Well, well, wait, we well, wait I bet what they thought was minute. that. I bet, I bet what that person thought when Jim, they pulled Jim, in Jim, is Jim, like, no member there. from the press is going to possibly get this, yeah, this shithole. This musician had their name on their license plate. Yes. <laughs> This is officially the fucking coolest person in the gaming industry right now. Who I need to know who this per was it Jeremy Soul? I'm not who gonna was tell, it? I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you while we're recording. So I'm, I'm just gonna say one Whoever thing right was, now, they which rock. is all, all I'm gonna say is, Destructoid have booked me a hotel room for Gamescom. That is my entire sentence. <laughs> So, no, I mean, I mean. Now, in what, I, what to I will say is, I did, I did negotiate from Destructoid. I am going with uh, some with one person from the UK team. So it's like, right, the two women, we are taking a room by ourselves. <clears throat> we are, we are not being in a room with anyone else. Yeah, so, no, and, and not going to be more than two of us in the room. So that's positive. You know what? In it just reminds me, we got like really the, lucky with uh, the Escapist Expo. They they booked us really nice <laughs> rooms in a really nice hotel. But yeah, in uh, fairness to Destructoid, they. There have been just as many of you know events that they have been able to book us into some good accommodations too. I'm not just saying that. I've never know. been to those this, ones. This is the thing. Oh, that's like, not that's not I... true because that hotel that you and I sat and watched the entire first season of Stella in was a pretty nice hotel. <laughs> so uh, you're talking the about thing. the Seattle Sex Hotel. <laughs> 
every single every single outlet that I talk to people from has said like, yeah, there are horror stories from every outlet of the the, the hotel yeah. rooms. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is not just for, a destructive thing. They're doing for the best. for the hundred dollars I've paid to share like to chip in towards an Airbnb with a friend. I am going to get a really nice place to stay that is not a cramped hotel room and that should have really bloody good internet. Does so, it have good access to yeah. the show? Uh, it's about five minutes away. That's fantastic. That's so the most, really it's the out. most important mm. thing. I've really lucked out. And like, if you, I'm not going to, uh, well, no, the address isn't listed on there anyway. I'm not going to give too many details away, but the Airbnb in particular had, uh, the reviews seemed too good to be true until I discovered that someone I know had stayed there and the reviews were actually true, which is like, oh yeah, the guy who runs this, basically he won a lot of money in the lottery or something and he just wants to make new friends. So he's like, right, I will pick you up from the airport. I will meet you there. I will either be really hands off if you want me to, or I will be around if you want someone to show you around the area. I'm happy to shepherd you around all the times so you'd have to get Ubers. Um, like blah 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 he seemed too nice to be real like he talks about like oh yeah every morning I will get up early like for whenever you've got to get up and go and I'll make you a cooked breakfast I'm like this guy can't be for fucking real that's, wow. and that's turns out he's for fucking real so I'm like oh fuck we lucked out that is fantastic so yeah I know one person who stayed with him and he's like yeah the guy running that place um he has a lot of money and he wants to make friends. Wow. You're going to have to, so I was like, have to give me those details if I ever decide I'm going to at yeah, least hang if, around LA during that If you're going to year. LA, I will give you this guy's information because he's cheap and that, like, it's, that, it's a bit scary how nice he seems. That quote sums up every guy who owns an indie music label, has too much <laughs> money and wants more friends. Yeah. That's... <laughs> uh, so, yeah... So I hope you've yeah, you'll have prepared fun. for E3 now. It's... I'm now just, I'm feeling shaky and you're like all of my fears are like, yeah, it's going to be amazing. But equally, all of the things that I feared are, yeah, yeah. I mean, this it's going to be, be the beginning of the end. It's going to be, be the it's going to be cramped and, and it's going to be exhausting and you are really probably going to love it. Yeah, you know, like genuinely, I'm, because I'm sure there is so much it, energy and excitement in the air. I think I will love it, but again, like I think you are probably right that it will be the beginning of the cynicism. No, no, I, I know I'm right about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there's absolutely zero doubt in my mind. Um, I, the first time I went to E3, um, I I got in when I wasn't supposed to be there, and this was before because they really scaled the show back uh, in 2006, 2007. Mm. Uh, when they moved to Santa Monica briefly, uh, which was kind of like just a big fuck you to everybody, I think. But um, uh, so I went in 2005 uh, as a retail employee because this was a thing mm. you could do, and it was part of the yeah. reason why E3 was so horrible before they did this scale back. Well, this was the days where allegedly you could literally just print your own business card on your computer that said you were a retail, you worked at a real retail chain, and they would just let you in. It was like, apparently at, more... at its peak. It was like maybe not that bad, but it was pretty close to that. When I got in, and and actually, because when I went, I went with a friend. Uh, he worked at a Target. I was working for Circuit City. He got mm. in his request a day before I got mine in. He got his pass, and I didn't get mine. Now, as it turned out, a guy who used to be my employee at another store years earlier had found mm. his way into the games industry, and he swiped a <laughs> QA pass uh, from a guy who'd quit in the time since the credentials had been submitted. And I got into the show anyway. Um, but it was so much easier. And now they're, the ESA is going to let uh, like another 10% 
population into the show this coming year that are just they gave passes to exhibitors based on how much money they'd given to the ESA to be at the show, i.e. booth space, and said, yeah, go invite whoever you want, whoever you think is going to hype your business. Right? Yeah. And so for me as someone who already like doesn't want to go and have to, and I'm very good, I'm a skinny, small motherfucker. Like people are surprised to discover I'm five foot six when they meet me. They're like, "Whoa, I think you're taller," but I can snake my way through a crowd of people like you cannot fucking believe, <laughs> and I hate that shit. I hate it. I hate the crowds. It's exhausting. It sounds like, "Oh, poor journalist, you get to go to this awesome thing." It's like, "Look, asshole, a lot of people just don't need to be there. They have no real functional benefit." And they are impeding the work of other people who do need to be there, who have shit to get done. And I'm not just talking about the press. I'm talking about actual retail buyers making real decisions. I'm talking about investors. I, I'm talking about publishers. Like, they have shit to I really do. Can't, I really can't wait until I'm that cynical. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to my, my inevitable breakdown to cynicism. I genuinely look forward to being the grumpy old lady that just doesn't want to be there. That's what I want to get to. And I mean, I'm infamous for my cynicism, and sometimes I just look at Conrad's with just silent admiration. And it's not that I don't want people to get to experience that, because it is fun, and I've mm. been there, and I was that asshole who wasn't I, supposed to be there, and I, I feel like shit is having to say... I feel like I should rein Comrade back now. Before we get any further, let's. There was some other news on the docket that wasn't E3 right, news that right. we. Do we can do any news? Or no, no, but it's, it's. It's. Are you going to talk about Nintendo? Just, I, don't want, I just don't want to go anymore. I'm just done. Are you guys talking about Nintendo? Is this my piss break? Uh, uh, actually, there's, there's one thing that's about <laughs> Nintendo, but you might want to stick around for it because it's about talking about how shit Nintendo is. Oh. Do you want to stick around for that? Well, no, I'm. I don't think Nintendo's shit. I'm just. If it's about well, amiibos, okay, amiibos are shit. It's about amiibos being shit. Or if it's about Hyrule Warriors, I'll take my piss break. Okay, okay, I'll give you the headline. <laughs> and you can decide whether to stay or go. So the headline is a Disney Infinity executive basically called ami- the amiibo shortages bullshit. He's like, yep, it's I've horrible. I've heard Gavin and like, already. <laughs> yeah, heard him gone. Basically, he was, he, pub- he was asked, like, hey, amiibos are in really short supply. How are you going to get around that with Disney Infinity when the Star Wars stuff comes out at the end of this year? And basically, his big fuck you to amiibo was like, hey... If you can't get your toys to life like onto store shelves, then you are doing something. You are doing a huge, hateful disservice to your customers. And fuck you. Mic so drop. Was, yeah, and mic drop, and he just walked out. So he he did give the big fuck you that he probably should have done, which is like, no, fuck you. We can get our our stock onto shelves. If Nintendo can't do it, then fuck them. Yeah, I mean, so, fair comment. Fair comment. Yeah, I'm really glad that he did that. Because that just gave me so much pride. I was like, yes, I feel good about my hatred, my growing hatred of Amiibo. I think it further hammers home just the the, the fact that Nintendo's clearly, for all of their insincere apologetica, doing it on purpose. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it doesn't because it doesn't seem possible that they're making this stupid of like they're this incompetent. Like yeah. it doesn't seem feasible. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. You've got to pick your. Mm. You've got to pick your poison. Either they're doing it on purpose, or they're fucking incompetent. And I don't believe they're incom- They're that incompetent. No, I don't yeah. think they're that. I don't think that they're incompetent. I think that. I think this goes back to the Wii. Um, I think that for the, you know, for a 
a longer time than ever. They were so capable of stoking demand by limiting supply with the Wii. Because I think mm. that if that had been widely available within three months instead of the six months it took for them to get that, you know, mm-hmm. on store yeah. shelves regularly, mm. it would not have maintained the momentum and excitement that yeah. it did. You know what the difference is, though? The Wii was a single product. Yes. It was a single quantifiable product where it's like, this is the one product that I cannot get a hold of because it's selling too well. Right, but, when but they it got is, a taste of when it, Yeah, but like this is the problem. This is where Amiibo is so different is, no, this is a series of products, a series of collectibles that people are easily able to get into and then that you're suddenly limiting demand on like completing that collection and that's right. it's like hey you well, really and easily a, got into this but now there are so many others and you want them all but we're not going to fucking sell them to you and there, there's all this content for this thing that you've already got but we're not going to fu- fucking let you get that content because fuck you the way rarity <sighs> needs to work is yep. that there needs to be only a few things that are very difficult to obtain yes and the not. vast majority of things yeah. are easy to obtain because yes. that encourages people to collect because they can get all of these. And then, yeah, those other few are very desirable. But meanwhile, they have so much yeah. other crap to let's, enjoy. That's good. Let's They're say set. that there were two or three out of all the Amiibo released so far. There were two or three that were hard to get. That would be one thing. Yeah. Yes. But it's at the point where, like, now, um, I only have these Splatoon Amiibos. Like, I'd given up on Amiibos, and I only have the Splatoon ones because a fan sent me them. And so right, it was, was like, Amiibos. Oh, thank you so much. But <laughs> it was Amiibos. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I, I'm i just pissed off at this point. I'm like, you know what? I want a load of these, but I'm not going yeah. out of like, my way for them here's anymore. Here's the thing. Like, Fuck I don't, you, you're not getting my money, Nintendo. I don't even play Disney Infinity. But, yeah. you know, I've been, I've been to Best Buy. I've seen them on the stores. I've always stopped and looked. Because there's always something, there's always a variety of interesting stuff there. And I think to mm. myself, well, look, here's a really cool looking Venom. You know, here's, here's some cool fucking Marvel stuff that's coming out. And here's some cool, you know, Disney stuff. And, and I look at it and I think, you know what? Maybe I'd be tempted to get a couple of these. I haven't yet, yeah. but, you know, they've always caught my eye. And then I yeah. walk past the Amiibo thing and it's always Mario, Donkey Kong, Peach, Z- uh, Link. Oh, God. Like, um, I, I did the same make, thing. I did make one purchase. I walked into a shop the other day and I saw a shulk. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck, you jump on Shulk, is one, <laughs> Shulk is one of... Shulk, like, not as a collector. Shulk is one of the ones that I genuinely fucking wanted. Not as an Amiibo collector, but because I am one of the few people who bought Xenoblade Chronicles on launch day and fucking loved it. What is Shulk? Like, you know what? Fuck you. Is that an abbreviation He's, for She-Hulk? No, no, he's the he's the guy with the time traveling red sword from the JRPG that was on the Wii. It, it's Nintendo stuff, Gavin. Yeah, Nintendo stuff. Uh-huh. So you bring up you bring up <laughs> yeah. uh, Disney Infinity and Skylanders, and and both very popular and, and seemingly well beloved products. And I think it's interesting that the one of the fundamental strengths that Amiibo has over those two somewhat similar products in that, you know, they're both toys that both enhance game experience in a functional way. But the fact that the Amiibo is cross experience, mm. what I thought was such a huge benefit, the more I look at and think about it, it's starting to seem like a detriment to Amiibo as a concept. Yeah, because... And, Every amiibo that you have that you that you can't get a hold of is now mounting up the amount of content that you can't access. Right. Yes, it and that's is fucking it, bullshit. It makes it makes yes, it creates more of a desire and cre- gives more value to those objects, but when you can't 
get them at all, you feel completely cut out of the experience. Whereas in Skylanders and Disney Infinity, you know, everything being sort of focused on that one product sort of allows it to be, ha balance has to be kept in mind at all times in that ecosystem. You can't introduce something that's going to be so incredibly desirable and then not provide access to it not provide I, I, enough can i just ask here. is is someone on the podcast about to be dragged away from the for, by the nintendo police for not liking amiibo oh, no, that was uh, th I, I believe that was conrad and because he's in america that was probably a morton joe just like chasing <laughs> furiosa across the desert outside oh uh, yeah i'm God. sorry i live in a, a proper city yeah. i apologize <laughs> i i went to rewatch that film the other day and i was just like yep yeah, still still yeah, fucking it amazing it's, yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. it is a two-hour fucking awesome car chase but yep. um, but yeah, yeah, so like I always stop whenever I'm in a store. I stop and look at the uh, uh, Skylander stuff. I stop and look at the Infinity stuff, just because there's normally something interesting to just to just look at. I used to look at the Amiibo shelves like every time I was in a in a store, and now I don't bother because I'm like I don't need to see another Donkey Kong. I don't need to yeah. see the same empty shelves that are just boring. I mean that's really the the biggest crime Amiibos. Um, commit is they take a product that's aimed, you know, largely at children and oversized children like me, and make those shelves boring. Th yeah, that's which is not an impressive how you get a feat to excite um, people. Yeah. Aren't amiibos uh, though? Like they're just fucking Pokemons. They're designed specifically <laughs> to exploit you. Um, if yes, and you know Blatantly what's even worse so. about that, people have found data that suggests that possibly every single Pokemon's about to get an amiibo. There is there is amiibo data <laughs> oh that exists. There no. is basically, basically one of each. Basically, uh, you, know, you know you know that um, I think I think they found it through you know that program that's really shitty and you can use your amiibo to unlock a one level demo for a game. Yeah. Um, they found through data in that that there is. Num like amiibo NFC chip numbers set aside for every single Pokemon that got added in a patch. That's terrible. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, really, I really, 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 really hope they don't do that. I would want an Ekans. But yeah, but would you want 700 amiibo? No. <laughs> oh. I would want 700 Ekans amiibos. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just, I can't even, I can't even visualize that. Like, I, know, I, I, I have always sort of looked at these toys as being, yeah. like, um, like the games industry tossing a dime in the cup of GameStop, right? And, and, yeah. other, and its other retail partners saying, hey, you know what? I know we're all moving to digital and you're all going to get fucked by that from a certain market demographic. And that's really rough. I feel for you, kid. Here, have this this thing that'll allow you to keep a game section in your store a little bit longer. Well, you know, his, keep his, your business afloat a little bit longer. Yeah, but if, if they had 700 amiibos for every exactly. Pokemon, yeah. that would keep physical retail alive this forever. This is the fun... No, if, they no, can keep no. the, if they can keep demand up, that will keep physical retail alive forever. But you mean, but how, how long can they perpetuate this? Like, what's the rollout for 700 fucking Pokemon I'll amiibos? Tell you what, that is Nintendo singing the song that ends the world. Like, that, that's a doomsday... So I don't, I'm scared of 700 Pokemon amiibos. Oh, God, I... Oh, I don't even know. Um, 
So other other news. I think we uh, there's a couple of very quick bits to get through. We talked a couple of weeks about uh, back about Desura and how they it turned out they hadn't been paying their developers for like six months and Whoa. they they were talking about how like hey we haven't paid you for the last six months but we're gonna pay you and because we're anymore. gonna pay you that we haven't not paid you because we're gonna pay you sometime. Um, yeah, like that was about three weeks ago, and now Desura has gone bankrupt, and none of those people they promised money three weeks yeah, ago were going to get their money. That is oh, fucked. that is rough. That, that's that's fucking bullshit. Like that is that is the worst story where they gave those developers hope of yeah, you know all that like back pay you've got. We're on top of it. We're gonna pay it. It's gonna happen. We promise. Yeah, that was sh- bankruptcy. Shitty, yeah. Like, just be honest at the time. Be like, look, we are financially crippled. We're about to go fucking bankrupt. File for bankruptcy then. And be like, you know what? Own up to it. Don't string them on for three weeks thinking they might get their paycheck. Well, I mean, now not to, because it is, it's unbelievably unfortunate, but it's also entirely possible that they were hope, you know, thinking that they were on the verge of snagging another investor or somebody yeah. that was going to be able to bail them out so that they could then, I mean, I don't want to assume the worst yeah, I, in anybody. I, I don't know, but like, considering how bad their position was, I can't help but think they might have had some suspicion Oh no! We're I'm telling, sure, well, I'm sure we are that telling they you have... we can, we will pay you, but we probably won't be able to do it. No, I'm I'm sure that that existed in the back of their mind, but you can't you can't come out and say you can't come out and say that unless you're prepared immediately to file for bankruptcy. Like you can't because I got it. You know, I mean, you know this. I know this. Jim knows this. Someone who is a developer on Desura who hasn't gotten their check yet is going to hear that information and it's going to be everywhere. And then they're fucked. Like, if there was that bailout opportunity on the horizon, if there was that slim chance, that's gone. It's over. Because as far as the internet is concerned, Desura is bankrupt. So, like, again, I, mm. it sucks. It's miserable and, and I, I would be, I totally understand. Yeah. The uh, best bet would have been to have just stayed quiet until they Is, knew yeah sure. to right. stay silent until they knew absolutely yeah weeks, it was a, it was a it was probably a poor decision to try and raise the hopes yeah. of, of the developers the, who weren't the paid. only positive is that now that they've gone bankrupt um all their assets will be seized all that sort of thing's going to go on and hopefully the developers who they owed money to will be fairly high in the the I list of who would, gets paid money we hope I would not hold out a lot of uh, hope for that. It, like, depends, I, I, it depends what their contracts are like. Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, chances I, I'm just, are... I'm, I'm putting my hopes are, on it's them being be, fairly high. It mm. depends on who their creditors are, really. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and, and and how that's structured. I would, the richest will get fed first. Let's yeah, they, yeah they that's will, ultimately what it's going to be. It's going to be any banks that they have loans to, those obligations are going to be met. Uh, well, before anybody, the federal government, yeah. if they're owed any taxes, that will be the The taken. hope, though, is... My hope is that that's why they're bankrupt, is because they paid those... And then we're like, oh, fuck, we don't have money for the rest of you. Uh, fuck. And then they went bankrupt. I wonder, so, I wonder you know, what six hope. months of payouts to developers represents on Desura. Um, like, I mean, it's, it's not, a, it's, as, as far as I know, It's a, a very huge, minimally used service. Yeah, I've only ever bought one yeah. game from Desura ever. Since Greenlight happened, Desura has become an, uh, a figurative ghost town. And and one itch.io, which I think is really coming. Oh up. yeah, itch.io's uh, really like taking a chunk out of Desura. Yeah, yeah. I, so it's, yeah. And it's where you can play gone. the Hot Jim Sterling Simulator. 
I saw that was the thing. It's, yeah, we <laughs> you know, I saw that week. too. I watched that video, and then I immediately started thinking to myself, I can make a better Jim Sterling simulator than that. And I, like, I started to well, do it in well, my head. Well, actually, well, let's, let's just say there might be a better one someday. I just mean one that more accurately ex- uh, expresses yeah. what it is to be Jim Sterling. Well, well I mean, here's something that's mm. come up um, I, that was discovered last night, right? You know that I cover uh, games that try and get put on Steam through Steam Greenlight, right? Yeah. Right. I do Steam Greenlight trailers, and I never used to believe the idea that Sterling bait was a thing. People <laughs> would upload shitty games on Steam Greenlight in the hopes of, of I don't know what they get out of it, but in the hopes of me doing a video on them. Then I stumbled across a game called Poxel Z, which, <gasps> oh, yeah. which now there's this thing called Unit Z, which is a that sounds about like a fucking STD. What what are we talking about? Oh, it's about it's here? worse than yeah. that. It's, See, it's this, uglier this is that, that Unity Unity asset pack that we talked about the other week, isn't it? It's a Unity asset pack that people buy, and it's 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 basically a pre-made zombie game that there are about five different versions of trying to get on Steam, and it's all the same game because they've all bought it from Unity. The difference between this one is someone took the zombie models and just. Like, without asking for my permission, I don't think it's legal, um, pasted a photograph of my face over the zombies' faces. Yeah, yeah. So there is, if you go, one of the recent submissions on Steam Green, like, the thumbnail is just a picture of my face looking, like, look, looking all haggard uh, on a zombie model. And the, the trailer is someone running around basically shooting and axing up lots of versions of me. Okay, um, you have already screwed up. You've already made the, the first crucial error in this you process, You acknowledged Jim. it. You have acknowledged its existence. Of course I'm going to. That was that. a mistake. No, no, no. You don't understand. You don't understand. You wait for them to put it up in the store on sale. You let it get to the point where they're making money. Then you notice. <laughs> oh, God. True. So from a business I... standpoint, I have fucked myself. <laughs> yeah. From, from a um, Podquisition host bait Angle, I do have one other thing to very quickly throw in, and this is only going to be interesting to me, but fuck it, I put it on the topic list. I really like a game called Hatoful Boyfriend, which is about dating pigeons. Uh, you go game. to pigeon school what to date pigeons. What is this game? I keep seeing Dodger playing um, this. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I keep um, seeing Dodger tweeting about it, and I'm like, what is yeah. this? <laughs> so, okay, you play a human who has gone to pigeon school in a, in, in a post-apocalyptic society where humans other than you were all dead and there is only pigeon school to go to, and you date the pigeons. And you are a human dating pigeons at pigeon school, and it's amazing. And it's had a sequel announced, uh, How to Fool Boyfriend 2, where you will now be dating pigeons in space. Yeah. And I'm so excited. It's it's the finest Laura bait, and I don't what care. What does hatoful mean? Is it a Japanese word or? It's probably a Japanese word. I've never bothered to look it up. It's, I assume it's it means hot It's not some pigeon. kind of a, a hateful, is it? Because that's what every time I see the no. word, I'm like, is this about a hateful boyfriend? I, I, as, I assume it means hot boyfriend. It's ah, hot boyfriend. Hatoful. He's full of hot. That makes sense. Yeah, he's. He's 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 a he's full of hot and he's my pigeon boyfriend. So oh. yeah, there's I'm going to be dating pigeons in space in the coming months. So prepare for that on the podquisition. That's going to be fun. Cool. Yeah. Do we, have time for, yeah. do we have time for some questions? I'm we sure we've got a couple. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm I've got enough consciousness left in me, I think, for a couple. 
Jimmy, okay, we, we, <laughs> poor thing, you sound so tired. I'm holding on well, though. I feel like that episode of, of Parks and Rec where Leslie's got the flu and then gets up and does a speech perfectly and then just collapses afterwards. Um, where should we start with the questions? Um, David North wants to ask, which unhappy video game character who's grumpy and miserable would you like to give a reassuring hug to and tell them, is, is it going to be okay? Um, is Michelle Keegan a video game character? Because I want to hug Michelle Keegan. <laughs> yeah, well, we get someone to put her in an indie game or something for you. Yeah. I feel like Nathan Drake could do with a hug. He always looks miserable. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Go oh, on, Nathan Drake, just just have a hug. He'd probably like shoot you in the face and make some like witty quip about it. I can't remember his name, but the sad bloke who sits under the tree in Ocarina of Time when you go to the town at night. Oh, the one who's like, oh, my dad abandoned me and now I'm bold and I've got weird like, ears. Everything's and, uh, horrible. You're horrible. Like, it's my, just, brothers, my brothers so skip sad. around the town happy and I sit here under a tree at night because I'm sad. I give him a little hug. I probably oh, yeah. give Barrett from Final Fantasy VII a hug. I, I don't know why. It just... I, I, I feel for him. His, his political motivations uh, are, are righteous. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't approve of his methods. But, uh, but, you know, I think maybe if I just gave him a hug, he'd realize that he could just talk to the board of directors of the Shinra company and then be disappeared into the <laughs> night and everything could go on just the way it's, it's I feel like Vivi from Final Fantasy could do with a hug. It's like, mm. oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that death is a thing. I'm really sorry. I think Kratos could really do with a hug. Okay. I mean, uh, the, the, dude, the dude really needs to just, you know, talk about his feelings a bit more. Right, but everybody's got their nice clothes on and they don't want any white coming off. Mm. Of his chalky. It's the same reason that people won't hug me, you know. <laughs> well, we'll put him up against the, the god of, um, of comforting hugs and when he's trying to fight him, we'll just get a comforting hug and he'll be like, it's okay, everything's going to be okay. And then he'll just crumple to the floor and be like, oh... I killed yeah. so many. Uh. <laughs> what have um, I done? <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Um, Can we talk about game characters who need a punch? Every fucking child in a Bethesda game. Seriously, someone, <laughs> yeah. someone who works for Bethesda and writes for them must have the most obnoxious brat fucking children you know, imaginable. You know, who ne- you, know who, wh- you know which character needs a punch in video games? The Season, season 2 of The Walking Dead. Um, the, the, <laughs> the girl that wasn't Clementine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm with Gav on the kids in Bethesda games. In fact, I think that's why they took the ability to kill children out of Fallout for Fallout 3. Because they knew 3. we'd want to. <laughs> because they knew, yeah. Yeah, they knew they we'd, knew. we'd never complete Skyrim. the game because we'd be too busy doing that. The kids we'd get to Skyrim. little lamplight and never leave. Like the kids in Skyrim, they're, it's like, oh, you're here to clean my father's boots. You obnoxious little cunt. I am yeah. going to punch you. <laughs> uh, next question. Pablo de Maria, you stay, wants to ask, favorite main theme from a video game? What's your favorite title theme of a video game? Oh, that's a hard one. Mm. Um, I think I'll go with uh, the theme of Laura from Silent Hill 2. I love that one. It's a good one, yeah. I mm. uh, the one that has the most like that will always be the one for me is is the Legend of Zelda theme, like the Ocarina of Time version of the like Legend of Zelda main theme. Mm-hmm. Mm. But equally, I have a really soft spot in my heart for the main theme of No More Heroes. Mm. Like I like that. Mm. I think I'm it's gonna have so to go with. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with Mass Effect. 
the uh, dun, 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 dun. and then God of War one and two had amazing themes as well. Halo does too. Halo oh, Halo's yeah. theme is really really mm-hmm. good. And I yeah. I was gonna say something like you know Mega Man two because that that like that's something that just immediately comes to mind when I think of mm. video yeah. game themes. The but second you said that, it's just running through my head now. I'm like, yeah, that's a damn t- catchy tune. But then but then Gavin mentioned these like new games. And I'm like, oh Halo's fucking amazing, right? Mm. <laughs> Halo yeah. Halo three I think perfected it. Because it was yeah. just at the point where the technology made the choirs sound cool and the strings and everything. And then in Halo 4, they they changed it completely and it was really disappointing. Um, next next question we've got up. Erin Kadudi wants to ask, what's our favourite relationship um, in a video game? It can be romantic or non-romantic. Um, and I know mm. for me, romantic-wise, um, Liara, Mass Effect. Yeah, no question. Femme Shep and Liara, yes. Um... Otherwise, like non-romantic ones, I really like the uh, the relationship between Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us. I think that is fantastically written. Yeah, I yeah. really love their interplay together. Ge- Geralt and Ciri is beautifully done as well. Mm. It's very nicely done. Yeah, yeah. especially that um, moment where they first meet each other. It's absolutely gorgeous moment. But like, are we talking like just any relationship, or are we talking romantic relationship? I think they said anyone. Just, yeah, any just any, any romantic characters. or otherwise. Who did, just, um, who, I think who did your that interact in a way. Who did your shepherds um, go for? Liara. Yeah. Liara. Jim Conrad. <laughs> I only um, played the first one, and I hated it. And I know the second one's really good, and I'm, oh. I'm waiting for the inevitable EA re 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 release of Mass Effect Two, and then I'll play it. Uh, and then I'll be able to answer the question. So my, maybe sometime my, in the next my, three months. My shepherd always went with uh, my shepherd always went with Miranda. Miranda. Oh, Miranda no, kind no, of looks no. a little bit like my real life girlfriend, so I always pick Miranda. <laughs> it's, who's the? What's the name of the one? I'm, this is so terrible of me. The, the <laughs> but the the mask. Uh, the, the the one who had the Tally. hood and the tap. Yep, that's the one that I did. A lot There's something of fa- really interesting a lot of, about the, a lot of the tally fanboys were very character. disappointed yeah. by the end. My, my, the one character that like I kind of really <laughs> wish that I'd um, romanced in Mass Effect Two, that like I I believe I think she's going to be romanced by Male Shepard. Unfortunately, is Jack because I really like when Jack opens up as a character. I'm just like, oh, my poor vulnerable baby. Now, in Jack's terms of great. just she's such favorite- a cool character. Now, in terms of just, like, favorite relationships in games, like, totally non-romantic stuff, I think my favorite has to be um, Jade and Paige from uh, Beyond Good and Evil. (gasps) Yes! Yes, yes, yes. They have an absolutely phenomenal relationship because there is such a... They they manage to convey such a depth of caring for this adoptive parent-child relationship yeah. and and mm. his entire motivation and all of the things that, that he has quite clearly kept from her her entire life is for no other reason than that care because at any time he could have mm. exploited her to, to achieve his ends and put yeah. her first and I think that's just staggeringly good writing. It's can, so rare to find good writing. Can, that, can I mm. ask the vitally important question, which is with all of these pre-E3 leaks, where don't the fuck is it? Don't say it. Where the fuck is the Beyond Good and Evil 2 leak? Where the fuck is it? Don't say it. It's not <sighs> happening. It's it's never happening. I've given up hope. February, Eve's Gearmo said it was still Beyond happen, good happening. Hope. 
to be on to believe in beyond good and evil to at this point is to it's I, I can't you know do why it. you know why I still believe in it and there is only one reason and this is the reason why I still predict it for e3 every year and it's the reason why I still have some hope for it because if I don't have this hope, the game will never happen. If the, if the people like me out there that care so much about that game and put it as like best game I have ever played, it's like my favorite game of all time. Oh, if really? I wow. stop care, yeah, it is my all time favorite game. And sure. if there is like, if I stop caring about a potential sequel and if I stop hoping for it, then there is no hope for it to ever come. So well, like, that I, is why I keep the hope alive. I'm because grateful. if I don't keep the, the hope alive, then nobody fucking will. If you succeed, I would be so happy. Like, that's the other advantage to me just yeah. sort of abandoning hope is that in the incredibly unlikely chance that I'm wrong about I, this... Yeah. I get to be so fucking happy. You you are you are in the vile, mentally healthier position, but you know someone out there. We there has to be someone out there that's tweeted that tweets like, "Hey, where's our Beyond Good and Evil announcement?" Nudge nudge Ubisoft, and there's got to be someone out there that I, keeps hoping. And it's that's my hope. it's I my cross to bear. Why you're not making it? Like, you see, I loved Beyond Good and Evil too. Because they have four more Assassin's Creed games. But even if they make, gave it to one of their small indie teams, like the teams who, I say indie, Do you want not, that handled by one of the small indie teams? The, yeah, the, I would the, rather give them it, than, give, like, my Give my it to the guys who it. made, like, the, that World War Two game last year yeah. or, they, or they Child said of Blighter. They said in fucking February that this game still exists. Eve's Gimmo in February mm. said, yeah, we're still working on Beyond Good and Evil 2. It's still happening. And I was like, Fuck. I, I think Don't I'm, do in this. The, I'm in a weird position where I, as someone who did, like many people, love Beyond Good and Evil, I don't want them to do it anymore. Not this Ubisoft. Not, not the, the other Ubisoft thing, yeah. that exists yeah. now. Not the Ubisoft that's going to tell us to pre-order for Jade's iconic headband. <laughs> and, you know, just, just, just launch it. Do you think they would, though? Because um, there was none of that bullshit about... I, can't, I just can't remember the name of the game, the World War II one they put out last year. Uh, Valiant Hearts. Yeah. And that is... That, that was a fantastic game, and, and there the was thing, no they, bullshit with that game. Well, they did the same with Grow Home as well. Ubisoft does have this wonderful little sort of corner of their business that does these great mm. little indie games. Right, but they need a middle ground, don't they? Yeah, they don't have a middle ground. They need a middle between that and the huge... That's the space a game like Beyond Good and Evil needs to, to thrive. It needs to mm. exist in the middle because if you raise the expectations to the level that they try to hype an Assassin's Creed every year, I don't think... Mm. I don't think it's going to work, and I think you'll have invested too much money in it. Yeah. And and it's it's a cult game. You need to be able to invest enough resources into it mm. that you're yeah. going to be somewhat assured that it? it's going to sell well enough yeah. to get the money back. And that means not going balls out AAA. That yeah. that mid level cult status stuff has has worked out for them before with Prince of Persia. Like, well, here's absolutely. the thing. Here's the thing. That was a different era. The niche sure. that Beyond Good and Evil exists is kind of extinct now. A lot of developers have talked about it. The, the idea of the middle shelf game, the game that isn't a big AAA or a small indie, doesn't exist anymore. Most publishers don't want them to exist anymore. They have a whole kind of go big or go home attitude towards things. Everything has to be this massive fucking expenditure otherwise they're not interested and i just i don't think bg&e 2 can survive in this in the current state of the industry you, you know what the only thing that like gives me any concrete hope that this might one day happen is 
it's the fact that like we saw an announcement for Mirror's Edge 2. And like Mirror's Edge is in that same camp where it was like, if you'd asked me before that E3, I'd have never, ever thought that Mirror's Edge was getting a sequel. Yeah. And like the fact that Mirror's it's Edge It's not can a, get sequel, a sequel though. It's, it's, it's not. The oh, sorry, it can yeah. it can get an okay, that Mirror's Edge can get a new game. Because I don't care if it's not Beyond Good and Evil That isn't mobile. Too. It could be a new Beyond Good and Evil game that's not a sequel and that's not on mobile and is for consoles and PC, and I'd be happy. I just... But again, Mirror's <sighs> Edge, like, Mirror's Edge always felt like a AAA property, right? Well, Beyond Good and Evil too. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil did when it released... But again, I mean, it, it was from a different time. I think yeah. that's the big thing that, that we Seriously, need to like, remember. Ubisoft at that period of time was one of my favourite publishers. Yeah. They were that, hitting it out the fucking park yeah. in that kind of PS2 era, and then they just went to shit. Yeah. Now, if any of you remember that like IGN reaction get photo set, whatever it was, where it's the looking, the four guys looking, and then they're like, ah, so excited. Mm-hmm. That will be me when they announce Beyond Good and Evil 2. That is the game that I will explode up out of my chair I and scream in the war room. Yeah, no, it's really adorable, isn't it? Shut up. <laughs> I'm so impressed that's your favorite game. I never knew that. No, it is my favorite game. Um, it is like that there, there are there are some series that I like that I really like as series that I will sometimes say like this series is my favorite series um, just by virtue of like, I like the multi-game arcs they've had and I like, okay, they're consistently really great things that I love, but just looking at like individual single game, that is my favorite narrative single player experience. I, I ever, Nice. It is my favorite. Yeah. Uh. Did, I re- did you see um, Anita Sarkeesian's video on it? I really liked her video on it. I'm usually kind of like Bleh, about her videos, but that one was really good. I haven't watched it, but I've heard really good things about that one. That it was like yeah. a very good balanced um, critique on a game that I really like. So yay! Yeah, yeah it's good. <sighs> it's well worth a watch. Do we do we have time to squeeze in one last question? We got last one last good one. La- last one that I'm going to ask is. Um, Pete Grimm wants to ask, what's the first scene in a video game that made you cry or tear up or feel really emotional? And how important is that sort of emotional impact in video game narratives for you? Okay, now, I, I saw that question pop up in, in the list yeah, of things you, you that had been asked. Yeah, you specifically like, like we've, we've got to ask the answer. Well, I, I just, I was very clear that I was going to answer it one way yeah. or another. Because Which is why I wanted to wedge this in at the end. And when I when I had that thought, I had an answer right away, and it was that that doesn't happen to me, and that that's okay. that's and that that's telling because I am one emotionally repressed motherfucker. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not even kidding. This is absolutely true. You can put on a movie, and if that movie at some point and say the the latter end of the third act has some sweeping emotional romantic score underneath it, I will feel that in the pit of my chest and have to fight the urge to cry. I'm now not in front of anybody. That would never happen in public. Okay, okay. God damn it, I'm the son of German bureaucrats. But Jesus man, we're opposite. <laughs> I put on song I like. But, but then I but then I crying. realized I realized thinking about this. Well I mean because you know it's yeah. in, in terms of video game narratives, they're just not typically that emotionally compelling to provoke that kind of a response from me as, as contrasted to how, how easily film and television can manage to do it or using very blatant tricks that for some reason mm. in games just doesn't work. Um, and then as I thought about it, and this is so 
I'm so fucking pissed off that I said we had to answer this now because it's the goddamn dog in Fable 2. <laughs> it's Peter Molyneux's goddamn dog because in spite of everything that happened, he was right. I did fall in love with that dog. I did. And it was so painful to have to choose to let him go. Oh, Fuck God. you, Peter Molyneux. <laughs> so I, I have a couple of answers for this um, because I am... I, my emotions are on my sleeve and like I'm at the point in my life now where anything will set me off. I'm just like, oh no, I feel too many yeah, emotions. I'm, and, I'm the same with um, you on that one. <laughs> I'm getting that way. And um, for me, like the first one that truly just like really hit home was um, the game To the Moon. Um, there are about three points in its final act where it hits really hard on some really like what... It does one thing that, like, hits really close to me personally. Then it follows up with a really crushing, like, oh, my God, you can't do that with the narrative. And then it just ends on this beautifully, like, summing up the entire experience single shot uh, that was beautifully directed. Um, It's all, like, there's no voice acting, but there is one moment in that third act where they use one song that has lyrics to it for for a series of shots we get over someone's life. And my God, they picked that song perfectly. And it just, uh, I was in tears when the song happens into mm. the moon. I was just like, uh, um, and then like game. the, the other recent one that's, um, sticks in my head is, um, there's a couple of points in the last of us, particularly, I found myself really like that it's the the look shared between the two characters in the, at the end of the last of us and the implications of that look between them are uh, yeah. pretty pretty crushing um who's what going next will i go next or jim do you want to go next huh <laughs> jim <laughs> okay, emotionally next. crushing narratives <laughs> so there's the there's the obvious ones like mass effect but there's hmm. two that really fucking got me lately and one of them was brothers two sons uh that game made me weep like a fucking baby for like half an hour after it yeah and the other one was journey the final hour of journey and strangely enough it was because it was such a bittersweet thing i had this uh, anyone who's played journey knows it's like wonderful i'm such a fucking <laughs> cynic i am such a goddamn cynic oh really? that's man. why we need we need cynics but you know oh, journey, journey is along with tetris that- Along with Tetris, it's my definition of the only two perfect games that have ever been made. Oh, I've played too many games because I'm going up that and I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. So how long is this well, going to take? For me, anyway, for me what made Journey, Journey so great was, I, yeah. See, you, you fuckers never let me talk. Oh my God. <laughs> Fine, fine, talk about fucking journey. You guys are fucking believable Talk about fucking journey, Gavin. Talk about fucking journey. <laughs> the last Gavin. Hour of journey is incredible. But what made it extra bittersweet for me was that I had this person who'd been helping me all the way through. And just at the point of the game where it climaxes and gets all emotionally happy... I lost my fucking partner and couldn't find them because they flew ahead of me and it was like this really genuinely sorrowful moment. I wish I had that experience. Where have they gone? (laughs) I wish that had been my experience. I would have cherished that. This person has helped me 
all through the last three, two, how long is the game? Two, three hours, and I lost them just at the last moment. It was heartbreaking. Journey's a game yeah. I would much rather watch someone else play for the first time than play I, myself. I played through that game for the first time, sat beside my fiancé, and she's someone who really isn't into video games, and we had such a great time going through that game together. Mm. It was a really great shared experience. Are you trying to tell me that I'm not experience. into video games? Is that what you're saying? You're saying I'm not into no. video games? No, she's not into video games. I think we're saying you hate video it. games. And <laughs> I, I, fuck off. Know. I hate um, fun. I'm anti-fun. Jim, yeah. Jim, Jim, you answer are. the fucking question. Um, Jim's just quietly dying in the corner. <laughs> That's fine. We're almost done, Jim. We're almost um, done. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm, I'm the journey character climbing up that last mountain. <laughs> Um, let's see. The ending of Final Fantasy X got me a bit. It was just, it was very beautifully constructed, the, the ending to that. Uh, so, same goes for the ending to Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, just that last line That's by the cemetery, one. that was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, most recently, I mean, we were talking about it, but Valiant Hearts, actually, like, I was already, mm. I was going through a rough, uh, period, um, during that time when I played it. And the, uh, the the final moments of that game really got me as well. And actually, it gave me a cry that I actually needed at the time. Um, mm. So that game has a very special place in my heart I, as well. I do have one other answer, which is for not as good a set of reasons, but it was like ultimately really helpful, is um, the scene toward the end of episode two of Life is Strange. Uh, so that, you're coming, that you're scene. Com- are you coming to terms with with this in a way um, or because it really yeah because the, the way you just expressed that seemed almost positive in comparison yeah, to how you sounded when you first started talking about it it's it's a weird thing um basically like without going into spoilers the topic that is addressed at the end of life is strange episode two and if you want to like look up my piece on polygon if you want to see spoilery thoughts on how i felt coming straight out of that experience i went through that experience thinking that Thinking I dealt with my real life stuff, uh, my real life experience there, I thought I'd sort of put it behind me. And this was a video game that really like asked some questions that made me re-examine something that I thought I'd moved past. And at the time, I was really upset about the fact it had done it, that it sort of sprung this on me, that it really like without me being able to go in prepared, it put me through something that I really like was not prepared to like that day have to deal with those feelings. Um, like I had work to do. I didn't have time to be wallowing about with these silly feelings. And the more time's gone on, the more that I'm like, you know what? Something probably would have made me have to face that at some point. It's not ideal that I had to face it on the game's terms rather than my own, but asking myself those questions and reassuring myself that I, that I was confident in my answers on them was a really healthy thing for me in the long run. So yeah, I, Life is Strange episode two. Um, I don't think that it was right of them to throw it in the way they did and to just like completely drop it for two months. But equally, I'm happy I experienced that. I did have another honorable mention. Um, and mm. this isn't, this was, I don't know. It didn't bring me to tears or anything, but it was one of those points where I was like, holy crap, that's storytelling done in a way that that sucks. I feel for that character. I can empathize in a strange way. And that's uh, in Deadly Premonition, actually, mm. which, you know, for a game that is so sort of kooky and all over the place and the acting and even the sound 
engineering is in such a fashion, it makes it very difficult to take that game seriously. There is a there's something to the relationship that develops uh, if you you know get deep into it between York and Emily that makes uh, the the later portion of the game incredibly impactful and emotional mm. in a way that I just I I could not have expected. Now I feel more like that was I was almost blindsided by that. So I don't know yeah. how, you know, it, yeah, I mean, that's a, a shock thing as much as anything else, but it, it still wound up being pretty powerful, I thought. And of course, let's, let's not forget Solaire in Dark Souls. I mean, there was this one time we praised the sun so hard together, we just <laughs> burst into tears. And So, Jim, Jim, I have one important question for you before we finish. No more questions. Have we, have, <laughs> we, have we got time to answer a question from Stephen Rawlings? Absolutely fucking not. No, fuck no, him. We haven't got him. time to answer his fucking question. I do not know that man. No, never heard of him. Fuck him. Never right. answering his question. Anyway, <laughs> right. time to finish up. We've got to wrap up. Conrad. <laughs> yes. Conrad, tell people about things that you oh, do. things that I do. Um, well, I write uh, the occasional review at Destructoid.com. I write news for The Escapist. And uh, I do a another podcast with, with Jim. Hello. Uh, I know, it's weird um but i do another <laughs> podcast with jim called fish shark marketing and it's a it's a weird improv comedy thing it really showcases jim's comedic talents uh in a, in a way that's i think really entertaining so if you like jim i give it give it a shot we're gonna have laura on in our next episode which will come out next tuesday Con- conrad can i just say you have the coolest twitter avatar ever oh thank you well that that, it, that was it, one it of a set so, of it has so much gravitas it was one of the, there was a guy when we were doing the dismal gestures, Jim and I and, and our friend Jonathan Holmes. There was a guy who made these portrait paintings of all of us, like I guess reflecting our daily lives. <laughs> it's and Jim. So Jim had his for uh, up for a while, and it was him lounging at a cafe, and it was just amazing. And then Jonathan Holmes was him wandering through the halls of his uh, of, the, <laughs> of the fictional hospital that we always said he worked in. Poor guy. <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, thank you very much. That it's, was, uh, it's pretty I I wonderful. Remember the name of who did it. He did a phenomenal job on those. Uh, mm. Yeah, so anyway, that's me. And, I, and you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Conrad Zimmerman. So, Woo. Excellent. Laura, uh, to, you know what you do here. Stuff and things and bullshit, yeah. So you can find me on pretty much everything at Laura K. Buzz. So that's Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Go give me a follow. Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. Throw me a dollar so I can keep doing this fucking bullshit job. Um, get, go find me on iTunes. Laura K. Buzz, that's where all the fucking podcasts are. I do the Indie Haven podcast, the Geek Night In, Category Video Games, Ono Video Games, Laura's Gaming Butts, Pod Toyed, Destructoid UK, um, Year of Steam. I think that's all of the fucking podcasts. Um, so yeah, just go find all those fucking things. Oh, uh, and Laura K. Buzz on YouTube as well. I do videos there sometimes now. They got videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, I'll, I'll do Jim's bit for him. Gavin, where can we find your stuff? You can just find me on Miracle of Sound on everything. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want. Just Google Miracle of Sound and come and follow me and get lots of cool music and lots of witty jokes about Konami. Jim, where can we find you? In bed, having a little sleepy. Um, I'm going I started. I summoned the last of my energy for this. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna go sleep. But you. You gave yourself an. You. You summoned up an hour of energy, and then we made you do it for an hour and forty fucking minutes. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's fine. People get what. 
People are getting their money's worth. That's what's important. Yeah. Um, so yeah. thank you all for watching. Uh, we'll be here next week. We'll be in the midst of E3, so that'll be a fun show for everyone. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. If Bye. Bye. Bye.